Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. Welcome back to PR360. Our guest today is Eric Morley. He's the visionary co-founder behind Blue Sea, a dynamic California-based agency specializing in brand strategy and creative marketing. With a relentless passion for shaping brand narratives, Eric has been an influential force in the industry since 1998. His expertise spans both B2B and B2C sectors, encompassing brand strategy development, campaign orchestration, strategic design, content creation, and cutting-edge digital marketing. Prior to launching Blue Sea, Eric honed his skills as a brand strategist at a healthcare agency and held positions in marketing and management with a marketing design firm. Furthermore, Eric serves, uh, served as an adjunct professor at the MBA program at Concordia University and has been a devoted mentor in the Chapman University Graduate School Mentorship Leadership Program for the past seven years. Uh, is there anything I've missed, Eric? Wow, that's pretty impressive. You did your homework, huh? I, you know, I, I did. We want to make sure we know who we've got in the seat here before we sit, sit them down and grill them. Perfect. Such a pleasure being here. Thanks for inviting me on your show. Um, it's great to speak with you, especially with uh, other people who are working in the Orange County area, just like us. Uh, mm-hmm. It's great to be able to get the, our, our special flavor for communications out there. So I was looking around and I found that one of the important guiding principles at Blue Sea is focus. Because I guess the, the big problem is that marketers these days are being spread too thin, uh, given the amount of different platforms out there available to them and the you know, vastly changing roadmap of social media. So why is focus your guiding principle? And did I get that right in explaining the problem? Actually, it's, it's a really good, um, this, is, this is a very strong, passionate subject of mine because, you know, we talk about marketing with focus, but the true reality is that everyone in a company is in marketing now. It never used to be that way. You look in the past, it was the, there was a delineation between senior management, uh, production, development, and marketing. None of them ever talked together. But all these departments are merging together to actually creating a united front to basically market their products now. So the thing about it is, is that when you really think about it is there's, what was it? Several years back, you would get 3,000 messages a day. You know what? Just before you wake up in the morning, you've already got 3,000 messages in your inbox. And the, the key yeah. thing is, is that these are, these are like little rabbits that are you know floating out there. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. But at the end of the day is that if you don't focus and really focus and go down your route, you're going to be very, very fragmented on your marketing initiatives, your brand initiatives, your communication initiatives, and your sales initiatives. And so focus means finish one commitment until successful. And I heard this, I heard this several years ago, and I'd like to coin it as myself, but I, it's, I've heard it and when it was told to me, it's like it was actually aimed at me about my yeah. marketing efforts for Blue Sea. It's like focus, Eric. You got you do all these different things, but what focus on really what you're great at? And mm-hmm. um, that was a thing in which really kind of helped myself 
as well as helping our clients really understand what they really need to do. So, uh, Do you find it hard to implement that strategy given the amount of distractions out there? Well, and it's really interesting is, is that even though you've got a very strong focus and you've got a very strong plan is one thing that we've found with all of our clients is then there's a someone else in the company says, well, why don't we do this? And then it mm-hmm. goes into your management and says, okay, great. Well, we should do that now too. And so it takes you yeah. off of that focus. But if you really sit down and say, this is our primary focus, we're going to finish one commitment until successful, then we're going to be really focusing. What does focus really mean? And how does it really work is first and foremost is devi- defining your objectives. Really, really, really mm-hmm. define what, what your objective is. Prioritize your tasks. Allocate resources wisely and really define what you need versus just doing a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and in the resources that, you know, really kind of ties into tactics and then elevate and adjust, evaluate and adjust. How are you going to elevate the program next time? How are you going to make it better? What do you need to change on it? And at the end of the day is we have to start celebrating successes. It's been a crazy since 2020 um, yeah. s- series of years that we really need to focus on celebrating success. Uh, getting back, uh, you were talking about you know uh, stating a clear objective for what you want, a, a metric for success, and I think that ties back into also the focus idea because you know you have one idea comes in, someone adds to it. The company, the team starts spinning its wheels, and mm-hmm. you, it's, it, like, it becomes like a, a truck in the mud where the wheels are going, right. but nothing's going in any direction. And right. then if you, don't, if you don't have that clear objective, then you, you may not be sure to have everything in alignment to get to a certain destination. Uh, I was watching, it was an interview, it was John Mayer, the guitar player, was talking to a group of music students. And he said something really important. He goes, okay, so all you guys are sitting there playing in a band. You need to set a metric for success for the band or else one, one guy is going to be saying, our whole thing is getting the, the songs right and the songwriting and all the efforts going there, but no one's doing anything on social media or anything to market the band. And so you say, here's our goal. We want to do X, Y, and Z. Then the team pulls together and gets to that job. If not, again, you're spinning your wheels. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really interesting is on that same subject, I have a friend of mine and um, he's played in several bands throughout Orange County. Um, years ago, it was that there was a selected band that was going to be the breakout band in Orange County. It was either mm-hmm. his band or the band, no doubt. And huh. obviously at Gwen, you know, the rest is history. We know what happened there. But it's interesting now is that I talked to him and he goes, oh, yeah, it's like everyone here in the band has a business title. I go, really? He goes, yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we play music. That's our product. But at the end of the day, is that we're a business. And so we have mm-hmm. our, our chief salesperson. We have our chief marketing person. We have our social media strategist. We have our legal and contracts person. I was like, wow, that's kind of a different dimension to it. Because then again, you look back as the world's changed, is everyone has to become marketing. So... Right. Everybody has to be in marketing and everybody has to have a brand, it seems, these days as well. Mm-hmm. It certainly is. It's, um, there's too much competition in the marketplace. 
There's too many ideas out there, and we are truly a global, globalized world now. Is prior to this call, I had a call with one of my clients in Poland, which wow. I just finished a trip working with him in Morocco, Africa, and wow. he's on his way to England. And then from England meeting, he's actually flying over to Saudi Arabia. Oh, so, it, so um, for, first of all, it's like, that's just a crazy life, but that's what really what it takes to be a globalization. And it's interesting because what really hit me strong is when I was over, we had a film team go to Morocco to create all of his content for one of his launches. And we're in the middle of the Sahara desert. We have wow. an easy up above us and a computer and the whole team is watching an event on TV in the middle of the desert, 300 miles from any city. And it, and wow. that event was actually in France. Oh, I was like, I mean, that really hit home to me. It's like, okay, it's not like me just watching the news in our little Los Angeles ADI, you know, it really focuses on that. You know what nowadays is that we're one world and it's like, yeah. You also, you know, communicate straight across. And, you know, and it kind of, it's interesting because, you know, I talk about focus a lot, finish one commitment until successful. This particular project, this particular campaign was really measured on staying on track and staying on focus. Because what happens is too many people in his organization have ideas. And if we, if everyone's just throwing ideas into a pot, not based upon an objective, not prioritizing tasks, and utilizing the resources wisely, it's just going to be a lot of stuff for a lot of noise. There's not going yeah. to be ROI on it. So, To continue with this theme of focus, do you find that when clients come to you uh, to you know help with their marketing needs, do you find that they also lack focus? Like they come in come into you scattered because they're dealing with these same pressures and that you have to get the clients on task as well as the people inside the building? Well, and, and that's why clients come to Blue Sea is I, I, I call it a swim lane. And when my kids are younger, mm -hmm. they're all on the swim team. And when they started at four years old is when they would go, they would have like 10 swim lanes. And when they would start swimming is they would cross over, they would weave back and mm -hmm. forth. They would get to the destination finally at a longer period of time versus going from point A to point B in a straight line. And so the the question I always ask is, why are we doing it? Why, why are we doing this in the first place? At the end right. of the day, why, 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 why are we going down this journey together? And why are we doing it now? And once once people can get to those answers to those questions, we become invaluable because what happens is together we're one focus team to reach that objective. That's great. That's fantastic. You recently had an intriguing post on LinkedIn and it discussed how marketers should aim for brand clarity in 2024. And that seems to align with me with the theme of focus. Uh, what would you define? find as brand clarity and also where do you see it as a problem looking at the the landscape and seeing other brands and saying this isn't clear to me or yeah right so i well first of all i appreciate you reading my my post on linkedin thank you so much is i put a lot of time and a lot of effort into it and my my ultimate goal is is to teach a million marketers to be better at their job 
And all they have to do is go through my LinkedIn. And if there is something that intrigues them or if there's some kind of problem they have, just read the article. They're based, they're short reads. They're three to four minutes each max. And what happens is, is I try to cover every single topic possible. But one of the things is, is that at Blue Sea is we created this process. It's a very strong, proven process. And it's called brand power. Brand power helps create clarity, helps keep marketing focus, helps people infuse their creative campaign, whatever their development is on it, helps them create an integration, and it helps them uh, engage, engage with their audience. But the first step in this whole process is if you don't have complete brand clarity, if you don't have your mission, vision, values, pillars, tonality, um, visual standards, direction together, you can't go to part plan B. You can't go to that second step. Yeah. And so brand clarity is so important and is, is it's really, it helps you keep in line. And it also keeps, once you have brand clarity, it creates pillars. And those pillars are if you, if something comes up for you guys to do and, um, or a market mission comes up and you've got to go back to the pillars is, does it fall within our pillars? Mm-hmm. Does it fall within our pillars? If it doesn't, don't do it. And I always look at like a great brand out there is In-N-Out Burger. And I had the yeah. opportunity to speak to their, their CFO several years back. And we we're just chatting in a very, it was a social environment. And I said, what's the biggest challenge of your job? And he goes, my biggest challenge is, is saying no. And I said, what, what, mm. what do you mean saying no? And I would think, you know, as a customer service facing business, it's about yes, saying yes. He says, no, my job is saying no. Everyone comes to me and says, hey, we should make In-N-Out tacos. We should make mm. In-N-Out Sundays. We should do this. We should do this. We should do this. But it has to go back to the initiative of the whole brand in the first place and, and really staying core to what your audience is. You know, I mm-hmm. talk about... The biggest challenge is is really understanding your audience personas. Like at the end of the day, who is your audience? Who who are you speaking to? And their side is is that we speak to people that love our menu as it is right now. And and it's like he goes, I struggled and struggled and struggled with the idea of adding hot chocolate for on our menu is because there was no strategic reason for us to offer hot chocolate. And then someone came up and said, why don't we do, you know, typically what happens is all restaurants when it rains is those are the days that people don't go to restaurants. So what we're going to do is utilize this as an incentive to get people into restaurants, especially kids, is that if a kid comes in, they get a free hot chocolate that day. So what's going to happen is they're going to bring their parents in on a rainy day and it's going to be a part of the family experience. It's like, okay, now it makes sense. But then yesterday I saw in the news on In-N-Out Burger is they're actually adding two new flavors of sodas. And it's like, wow, that's kind of changed. But the idea is, is that In-N-Out has an amazing following. They have an amazing brand and they are able to be successful for who they are. One of our clients is Wahoo's Wahoo's. Everyone oh. loves Wahoo. I was just talking to Wing uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. on Monday. Oh, I mean, Wing, Wing's just, I mean, he's an amazing personality and the whole team of Wahoo's amazing personality, amazing 
team together. But the idea is, is that we've been working with them since 2005. And the idea is, is that they, they used to have a very extensive menu. Now it's pared down to exactly what people want and what people enjoy. And um, every step along the way is about the customer experience. And at the end of the day, it's real strong brand clarity focus. One of our initiatives back in 2020, we didn't know the pandemic was around the corner. And the idea was, it's like, no one knew what kind of food Wahoo's had. And, you know, the, the customers didn't know, the employees didn't know, their, their partners didn't know. It's like, okay, well, we have Mexican food. No, we've got Brazilian food. No, we've got Chinese food. No, we've got fusion food. No, we've got California. It was like just a mix. So we went down this path through a brand power process is creating absolute clarity. And it first started with what, what their mission was. What was Wahoo's mission as a business? What was their values? What were their pillars? Is everyone brings crazy ideas to wing and the, the Wahoo's team of doing different things, but does it, it has to fit within these pillars. And then we found through the whole journey is people didn't know what kind of food they offer. And so we had to get everyone on the same page. So at the end of the day is we dropped the fish tacos. It became Wahoo's and it's freshly made Pacific inspired. That's, that's the food they okay. serve. And at the end of the day is that the people that go to Wahoo's go to Wahoo's for a particular reason is they want to live the Wahoo's way. And so with that being said is that's how we go through the process of really creating absolute clarity through our brand power process. Hmm. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Uh, it's interesting that you uh, brought in Wing there, Wing Lamb and uh, Wahoo's Fish Tacos. Um, and I think what you're just saying now rolls into the idea also of authenticity. And, and, the, and the idea that you're getting an authentic experience with that brand, obviously in and out all the way through, limited menu, we got, you know, burgers, shakes, fries, and that's, that's what I came for, you know, it's, uh, it's not like when McDonald's is throwing down the McPizza or some weird thing just to, to try it on me. Uh, so yeah, could you talk a little bit about how brands can be, I know it's kind of a vague thing, just saying randomly authentic, but maybe a specific instance where you helped a brand find its authentic voice or, uh, yeah, just speak to authenticity for a moment, because I know it's a big part of uh, your, and your, your I'm mission. Gonna go back, I'm going to go back to the Wahoo's example. Um, at Blue Sea is that we, we work with a lot of B2B brands, and we also work with a lot of B2C brands. But at the end of the day, is it's really it's about a business selling to a human. But I, I always talk about authenticity, and authenticity is so important to align with your brand mission, your brand pillars, mm-hmm. who you are, what you're about, and and it it's, it's, it it goes back to not being someone you're not, and but really staying core to the community you serve, because what happens is. Too many companies in the past have reached into markets and tried to service a community, but they have no business being in that community. You really look at your ideal personas and who you sell to. At the end of the day is a brand sells a product to someone to help service them to make their life better. I mean, that's the true reality of things. Right. And if, if the brand 
doesn't have a strong focus on who they sell to, they're going to be a commodity. And it's basically, it's a, it's a price race to the bottom at that point. But how do you stay relevant? Mm -hmm. How do you stay true and core to what you do is staying core to your target audience. You know, is the, and I go back to the example of Wahoo's is Wahoo's has really kind of focused on two audiences is they have the audience that knows Wahoo's and grew up with Wahoo's and has always become a fan of Wahoo's. And then you have this new audience that is, it's growing so fast for the Wahoo's brand is the younger audience. Years ago, the younger audience bouncing all over the place. And in, in the last couple of years is they've stayed core to saying, Hey, we want better food. We're looking to live that Wahoo's way and we embrace the brand. And so it's, it's really interesting is, is that when one generation grows older, a younger generation has to fall in suit. And so a lot of our programs falls within our pillars are in reaching that audience is being a part of their story, being a part of their journey and being a part of their life. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting. It's that, you know, it's this, this generation has now found Wahoo's that their parents grew up with. And so it's actually kind Mm -hmm. of a circle of life, which is, to me, it's very fascinating. You know, when you're talking about, you know, brands uh, staying within their pillars, and it reminded me there was a great piece. I think it was The Atlantic. I, th- don't quote me on that. And it was about how Nike has just kind of the male, kind of younger male demographic just locked tight uh, when it comes to selling products, when it comes to selling the shoes and athletic gear, that Nike overwhelmingly markets to women. So much because they want to pull in what they call the white whale. Like if they can get women to fun, kind of file in and be with the Nike brand, uh, then they'll you know they'll achieve even more global domination if they can just move the needle with women. So I found that all their marketing efforts were, were were going towards women, and it was an interesting thing saying. Now the way you're communicating the brand is much different than you, you did traditionally to men. Are you now going to spoil what's working for you so well? You're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater uh, just in order to go on this kind of wild goose chase to bring in more women into the fold. And it was an interesting debate over, you know, um, yeah, whether you do that, uh, whether you just stick within the, the pillars and, and keep serving ultra serving the people uh, that have come to you for so many years? Well, it's, it, it's uh, really, yeah. it's a very interesting topic you mentioned about Nike is that I've, I've spent a lot of time studying the Nike brand. And I truly believe is that you take, you take the successes, you take the focus, you take the effort of what Nike has achieved through the years. And you take that and you pair that with the brand, your particular brand on it. Um, we have a brand that we've been working on actually for seven months. It's in the B2B market and they focus on content development for the healthcare arena. And so the healthcare arena has several different sectors on it. And what they do is they do really strong content development, to help brands reach their target audience on it. And their whole thing was, is that they were acquiring a lot of companies. They were focusing on building this bigger brand on it. Um, they were purchased by a um, private equity company 
And so it's, it's bolting new things on it. And on our side is, is that the biggest challenge is, okay, now you've, when you got, go from two companies, when they acquire three more companies to seven more companies, the difficulty mm. and the challenge is always difficult because you're bringing in new cultures and new ideas and new plans and stuff. So our job was just like really, really, really define the people and really define their audience and defining their pillars and what that visual presentation is going to be. And, you know, I, I always say it's that, you know, the first and foremost is what's your, what's your corporate identity looks like? Because the corporate identity is something that you live and die with on a daily basis. And does it really relate to that target audience? Does your mm -hmm. name relate to that target audience? Do we need to change the name? Do we need to reassess our vision, pillars, our values, our tonality, how we speak? You know, because typically mm -hmm. audiences change. Audiences change all the right. time. And I even look at like some of the great successes is like for F1 racing. Is F1 racing several years back knew they had problems. Their, their audience was aging up. How are we going to attract a younger demographic? They spent a lot of time really understanding that demographic and they also understood is that, you know what, in Europe is people understand F1 racing, but in America you don't. And so yeah. what they did is they exposed the complete F1 brand, pulled up the sheets, and you got a chance to look underneath the sheets of exactly what the F1 brand is through their drive to survive. And now think, I think it's their fourth or fifth season that's coming up in February, is it's even to get more people to embrace it. The value is, is the more people embrace it, the more eyeballs you get, the more eyeballs you get, the more advertisers you get on it, and the sponsors you get on it, and the brand makes more money. Wow. Brilliant. Uh, well, Eric, it's been a great conversation here. Uh, we'd love to have you back on again sometime in the future. There's so much that we didn't even get to here. And given yeah. the fact that you are a um, prolific thought leader, uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot more to talk about in the future. So for people who want to get in touch with Blue Sea, people who want to engage with what you're doing, uh, what's the call to action here? Oh, okay. Well, if you just go to our website, Blue Sea USA, that's B-L-U-E, the letter C-U-S-A.com. Um, you know, we're also on all the socials. You can follow me on LinkedIn, Eric Morley. Um, and uh, you can definitely read my articles and please use them. Uh, once again, my goal is to help a million marketers do a better job. So Great. that's my plan and really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show today. Great chatting with you. Thank you so much. PR360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.